Nick Grug with the Denver Post here with Cameron Wolf, also of the Denver Post. You're listening to the First in Orange podcast. All things Broncos before they face the Houston Texans and tall drink of water Brock Osweiler coming back to town. Um, Cameron, it's obvious. I mean, but it's the story of the week. Right. It's it's obvious, but you can't avoid it. Yeah. Not only is he the quarterback of the opposing team, the most important player on the opposing team, but also a former Denver Bronco who was supposed to be the future of the Denver Broncos. It's very awkward, It's right. very, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, what have you noticed so far this week? Um, we heard from Brock Osweiler today. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things he said were interesting, I thought. Yeah. He was honest. He yeah. was very honest. Um, but what, have, what, have you, what are your takeaways at this point um, in the Brock versus Broncos battle? And are we calling him Brock? Well, it's interesting because I, I don't know where this came from, but I get so many emails from fans calling them Brent. 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 <laughs> and I have no I, idea. I, like, I, I have no idea where that came from, but it's like a wave. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure if somebody accidentally called him Brent one time and I missed it, or if some fan just decided that he's going to be Brent. And every, like, I've got about 15 emails this week calling him Brent. And I'm like, I had no idea where this came from. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, is he so is he so immediately forgotten by Broncos fans that we're now just, they just think his name is Brent? Yeah. I thought we were still trying to, come, you know, come up with a nickname for, you know, Brock and Roll or Broccoli or yeah. Brock Tune or whatever. But anyway, Brent, Brock, whoever it is, what are you noticing so far this week? Yeah, I, I think it's it's fun because you you a lot of times you get these emotional battles, and I think this will yeah. be an emotional one. And your your players go one way or the other; they either brush it away, say it's not an issue, it's not going to matter, it's not going to affect how we play. We're focused on the Texans, not yeah. Brock, or they do what the Broncos did this week and, and really address a lot of the issues straightforward, like. A bunch of them addressed Brock leaving, and they said, hey, you know, yeah, when it first happened, we were upset about it. Yeah. You know, now we know we got Trevor, we got Paxton, we're, we're fine. But initially, we were upset, um, and they're, they've been talking about how eager they are to play him. You know, obviously, they've seen him for the better part of four years, um, and they know his tendencies. They know he holds on the ball a long time. They know he throws the ball up uh, for grabs. Yeah. So those are things they, they're looking forward to, and I think, you know, there was a comment he made when he first got to Houston um, saying that he felt they gave him the best opportunity to win. That's really stuck on a few Broncos. You're coming off your defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah. You're going to a team that got smacked by Kansas City in the first round of the playoffs, yeah. and you say they give you the best chance to win? That really didn't sit well with a lot of folks. And, and Brock said earlier today that he probably didn't word that the right way, but they're definitely thinking that, and they might not have any ill will towards them, but they definitely want to prove to him that, hey, we are the better team, and you made a mistake by going there. Yeah, I assumed coming into this week that we would hear from Broncos who would say, oh, you know, it's just another game. I, I assume that they would play the play the safe line. Yeah. Uh, lying. I thought I figured that they – not lying, but yeah. they'd cover up. But right. they really haven't at all. They're like, no, we want to, we want to smack this guy around. Yeah. Brandon Marshall said, I want to kill him. Yeah. I mean, he didn't mean it literally, right, right. but like, um, yeah, it's it's ramped up and it ramped up like kind of quick too. I'm I'm a little bit surprised. Um, the thing that I that I heard from Brock Osweiler today, um, we heard from him on a conference call. He said something interesting. He was very honest about it. He said, look, the the. Broncos had an opportunity mm-hmm. to sign me. Right. It was like it wasn't like I, you know, 
I bolted on the first day that I was able to, whatever it was. Right. There was a long, he was, and he's right, the Broncos had a, a long opportunity to make him an offer, yeah. and they didn't. Mm-hmm. When they finally did, he had also had an offer from the Texans, yeah. and he and he chose to go another way. Yeah. Now, on the so I can't really blame him for that. Yeah. But on the flip side, he's he was with the Broncos for three years. The, the players who have been here, especially for multiple seasons, mm-hmm. they knew that he was supposed to be the future of this team. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. Right. All of a sudden he was gone. So I, I I think maybe, especially from, it's weird hearing it, especially from the other side of the ball, mm-hmm. on the defensive side of, of, right. of Denver's roster. But I think that it was so ingrained. From, they knew he was John Elway's pick. Yeah. He, he, he was handpicked by John the, by the general manager himself. Yeah. Um, so it, it must have been, now in hindsight, it must have been really abrupt for players on this Denver team to all of a sudden not have Brock Osweiler around. Right. So now that he's coming back to town for, yeah. with the Denver team, I, I guess now uh, maybe I sh- maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised that there is so much emotion in this game. It's right. it's yeah, it's strange. It's, it's fun. Yeah, no, it is strange. No, and, and that brings up another point that I kind of wondered. I was talking to you before we started. Like, should the Broncos feel some type of way towards Brock? Do they? Because there's a lot to go into this. I mean, if you look back to to last year, and obviously we know um, that Peyton and him was back and forth. It was a conversation all last season. Um, who should start? Peyton got hurt. He started. He went five and two, which was a great run. Honestly, he played better than a lot of us expected. We didn't know he he hadn't played in any significant action until that point, and he performed well. Um, and ultimately, he lost his job in that San Diego game. Um, and honestly, it wasn't all his fault. He had some turnovers, but ultimately it was a, 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 a fumble by Ronnie Hillman. And then I believe Emmanuel Sanders also fumbled inside the five-yard line. And that ultimately, they needed a spark. And they went to, you know, the old gunslinger, right. uh, Peyton Manning, and ultimately won the game. And you can't go back from there. Right. So ultimately, his feelings were a little hurt there. He admitted he was frustrated. Yeah. Um, and then the offseason comes, and the Broncos are celebrating their Super Bowl. You know, you're going on – you're going on all these different campaigns, and, and the Broncos front office is waiting for Peyton to make a decision. Yeah. So obviously they can't worry about Brock until they know about Peyton. And I feel like Brock's probably feeling like, hey, man, you know, what's what about me? Right. You know, defense is getting praised for their Super Bowl run. Yeah. Everybody's waiting on Peyton's decision, and I'm a free agent. And y'all aren't talking to me. Right. You know, I need some attention. Um, and, and I think that probably goes into it. And then the, once Peyton made his decision – the Broncos showed some interest. Um, they didn't give him the amount that the Texans were offering him. Yeah. And ultimately, he chose to take the money and uh, take a team that probably showed him a lot more interest through the process and, and go ahead and, and take his chances out in Houston. Yeah, you you asked um, you asked a good question before we before we hit record on this. Should the Broncos feel any animosity toward him for leaving? It's funny because players know, like, he got an enormous contract offer from Houston. Way yeah. probably too big. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. But so I and I think players would probably recognize. Look, look, cool. Go get your money. Yeah. Um, go get paid. That's cool. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody who might feel an animosity, it would be John Elway, who right. who showed so much investment in him from the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, traded up to get him. Every you know everything that's involved with with his coming to Denver, and then all of a sudden he's gone. But um, of course we haven't heard from John Elway. This week, in regard to Brock Osweiler coming back, but um, I think there might be some animosity there. I wouldn't be surprised um, if we gave John Elway a truth serum and he right. he was totally honest about it. Um, 
players though, getting back to how how open they've been about wanting to face Brock Osborne, I'm that's what that's a little bit why what surprises me about their eagerness to hit him so hard, um, because I think that they understand like oh you know go get paid that's cool yeah um the the one I he didn't say it exactly Brock um today but he he gave a little bit of insight um into that San Diego game where he got benched yeah so. Last game, week 16, last game of the regular season. Yeah, 17, yeah. Um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I heard, when I heard Brock Osweiler, because he talked about being frustrated, being pulled out at halftime of that game, uh-huh. and because he was, in, he was in, you know, he's being competitive, he wanted to come back in the game, they put Peyton Manning in. But after the game, Gary Kubiak explained to him exactly why he did it. Mm-hmm. And what I got from what Brock said today was that they were they almost like th- this was the plan all along. Uh-huh. They were not trying to win that game necessarily. They were setting Peyton up for the playoffs. Uh-huh. They wanted to get him a half. Uh, he didn't say this exactly, but that's right. what I took away from what Brock was saying today. They were trying to give Peyton a half in order to get ready for the playoffs. Uh-huh. And in hindsight, we can't can't argue with that. It worked. Yeah, yeah. You can't argue with a Super Bowl. No. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, you know. Peyton at whatever percentage he was, 42%, 75%, whatever, won you a Super Bowl. Right. And I think a lot of it, and I think Brock probably understands it now, and a lot of fans were debating now. And I, if I remember right, a lot of fans were more on the Brock side than the Peyton side because of his youth and his future and just the way he was playing. Peyton didn't have the arm skill, but Peyton has the mind. Yeah. And Peyton has the aura around you that aspires an offense. And I think that's what happened in that playoff run. He didn't necessarily – he ne- necessarily wasn't the most talented of the two quarterbacks at the end of his reign in Denver. Physically. Yeah, Physically. Right. Yeah. But ultimately he was the smarter. Mm-hmm. He was the better, most comfortable in the system. And he was able to control the offense and right. get them going. Yeah. So ultimately he probably – Brock probably now realizes, hey, Peyton was the best yeah. choice for us. It's, it's not good for me ultimately i'm a young quarterback i'm on my uphill and i'm getting benched by a 39 year old quarterback with one arm that doesn't look good for me and my free agency prospects um and then he has to ask himself how much trust does the team have for me but ultimately i think he feels like hey um it's Peyton Manning. yeah he's probably one of the top five quarterbacks of all time and you know it happens and i think ultimately he said it didn't ultimately i think that did have a portion of his decision along with the broncos not really being fast to the trigger and making the offer all this kind of piles in and then you got a team backing up the brinks truck which you give me 72 million yeah yeah. Yeah, you know that that makes your decision a lot easier yeah in the end that would be the most pressing reason why he left really i mean and if uh, i'm sure he didn't like coming out of that game but I, it was not the reason he left. Right. Maybe a reason, yeah. a minor reason, but not the reason. Um, cash money was the reason, really. Yeah. And Broncos didn't offer it, and yeah. which I, and we and I think having seen Brock play this this season so far, um, statistically, the yeah. Broncos are getting much more bang for their buck yeah. with Trevor Simeon. I mean, it's I mean, for no other reason because they're paying Trevor Simeon pennies basically yeah. comparatively, but. But um, what so in this game, the Broncos are ramped up. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Osweiler holds on to the ball too long. We've seen it before. He's still doing it. Yeah. Um, and he's throwing a ton. He's throwing so many times in a game. Um, this sets up for a good Denver. Yeah. Uh, performance defensively, right? I mean, on, yeah. on if on paper, on film, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they still have to play the game, but um, I mean, this is the kind of game where. 
Denver can really see up, right? Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. I think this is a, the sort of game where this defense can get right in a sense. Yeah. Um, Two-game losing streak, and I think we all can agree the offense is probably at the forefront of those problems, <laughs> but the defense hasn't been excellent as they normally were. Yeah. Um, last year, they sort of made a, a routine of bailing the offense out, and that sort of was their identity. You mm -hmm. know, No matter how bad the offensive plays, the defense will find a way. Um, and I think early this season, or at least the last couple of games, they've struggled at least out of the gate where teams are really right. game planning with them. I talked with a few Broncos players, and they talked about the exotic looks they're getting um, where teams say, hey, they know you're coming out of man. How can we beat this man coverage? Um, and you're not going to be able to beat it by beating their corners. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to beat it by beating their pass rushers. Mm -hmm. So you have to beat it by beating the inside of it with their interior defensive line and then their linebackers. So they've been attacking that with the run game and in the passing yeah. game early in games and really forcing the, the Broncos defense to say, hey, are we going to stay in man or are we going to play some zone? No other team plays as much man as they yeah. do. Um, so they sort of have to make that decision. And obviously – they haven't had as much success, but, you know, I talked to Shane Ray, and he talked about, you know, it's, it's sort of like counterpunching. It's like being a heavyweight yeah. fighter. You're a heavyweight champ. You know, every opponent's going to come to you with their best stuff. So you can't just say, all right, well, we're going to keep taking these jazz to the jazz to the ass. Sooner, sooner or later, it's going to knock you out. Yeah. You know, sooner or later, you got to say, hey, I see where he's going. Now let me bring back the hook. Right. Um, and I think that's where the Broncos are really trying to go with their uh, their defense. They've really watched film the last couple of weeks and say, hey, teams are going to do this, so this is what we do instead. As a counter. as Yeah, a, yeah exactly. Because I, I don't, you know, there's, I, I'm sure people might wonder if, you know, Brock's familiarity with, with Denver and its defense, having gone against them in practices or whatever for three years, gives him some advantage. I don't. I don't really think it does. I don't think they're, they'll probably try to hide very much no. from Brock Osweiler. I, I mean, they're straight up. Um, they'll they'll play him straight up with their you know the one of one of if not the best secondary in, in the football. Right. Um, Von Miller on, on an edge rushing on Shane Ray on another edge rushing. I mean, it's not really. It's not like a, yeah. really all that complicated, but. If yeah, if the Texans start to get, if the Texans are able for some reason, I, I I would be surprised if I saw this. But if they were some for some reason able to completely confound Denver's defense, right? We'll need we have not seen Denver necessarily adjust that well in the last two games. Right. Um, this it is so strange though. It's hard it's hard to talk. Are you the same way? It's it's really hard for me to talk negatively about the Denver defense when we can say that they're giving up too many points in the first quarter. True, yeah. this is true. Um, they're they've lost two games in a row. This is true. Um, they're being attacked in the middle of the field, um, especially with their inside linebackers. This is true. But they're still they're still holding teams to fewer points than they're averaging. Right. Every single team. I mean, it's not like they're get, they're not getting killed yeah. in any way whatsoever. It's really nitpicking. Yeah. I don't know how to balance. I mean, are we being fair? I, I think what it is is they've, they've held themselves to such a great standard. Yeah. Um, last year, they were, in my opinion, one of the best five defenses of all time. Yeah. Um, and this year, they came in and said, we're going to be better than that. Yeah. Um, that's a huge standard to live up to. Right. But they kept on preaching it. So yeah. us – we have to hold them to it, yeah. and we have to compare everything they did to the standard they set. And what they set was last year and being better than that, and honestly, they haven't been better than last year no. so far this season. So they've been good. They've been really good at times. Right. They haven't been great. 
Um, and and I guess that leads to a question that I was gonna ask. I was asking just kind of brainstorm with you before we started. Like, do they need to be great yeah. for them to win big? For them to get back to where close to where they were last year, the Super Bowl and beyond. You know, we like to say, and we said coming into the season that their offense had to be better. And at times they have been better than they were in that first stretch. Mm-hmm. But overall, as a team, can they be? you know, a Super Bowl contender and make it to that level if the defense is, you know, solid, you know, pretty good. One of the best defenses in the league instead of one of the best of all time. We What we've seen so far is that they do need to be great. Now, for, for over a full season, um, you know, you, you'd certainly like to see more from this Denver offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how... We, I, I need more evidence to know exactly who they are a little bit mm-hmm. um, because they ran so well in the in the beginning of the season. Now right. they can't run the ball a lick. Yeah, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so it's hard to know exactly what, like at what level we need to yeah, at what level the Denver defense needs to play for us to know that they're playing well enough. Right, right. <laughs> but you're. But I think when they you know when they came into the season like you were saying saying that we we can be a better defense. I think some of that without saying it exactly was them admitting they need to be great right so yeah I, it's totally fair um uh, exactly like you said to to hold them to the standard that they set for themselves mm-hmm. um so but yeah man i i think that they need to be better yeah it's for this team to win they need to be better which is crazy mm-hmm. like how how much can you ask of a, right. of a team like right. you know but uh, yeah they probably do the one one thing, not not to get into the weeds too too much, but especially in the last two games, the Denver offense, they're losing too many yards. Yeah, Peyton had even when even when Denver was punting last season, like yeah. every series, right? They weren't losing yards, so it, it seemed slow, but they were incrementally like gaining field position position. Right. Um, even if it took three and a half quarters right. to get to a point where they they could score more easily, but so the all the the Denver defense just had to hold. Yeah. Steady and let them like slowly move down the field over multiple possessions. This year, if when the Denver offense is moving in reverse, yeah, it, it the, now the defense has to catch them back up. It's right. like yeah, and and because they're not maybe playing as well as they were last season, especially early in games, um, it hasn't worked out where those those two things mesh. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, they need to be better. I think. Yeah. I'm, I don't know how much <laughs> you right. can ask of. Yeah, no, it's but. tough. It's tough, and I, I I think they, it's tough for them too because they are a very proud bunch. Yeah. Um, they're they're probably the uh, a series of more than more proud defenses in the league. Yeah. Um, and they know every little thing. They know when they play poorly, yeah. and they get offended when you tell them they play poorly. Yeah. Um, too. So I think they know that hey. Um, Good isn't good enough for us. Yeah. You know, good might be good enough for this the L.A. Rams right. or for the Houston Texans or for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Good isn't good enough for the Broncos. Yeah. So I think they, they challenged themselves. And for a lot of teams, the performance they would have put up against the Falcons um, and then ultimately the Chargers would have been good enough to win a game. Been, but that's yeah. not their team. And if they want to be the identity of the team, they want to brunt the – because really, honestly, we go to the defense more than offense when we talk about this team because yeah. that's who they are. Right. When you talk about the Broncos, you talk about Von Miller. Yeah. You talk about Aqib Talib, Chris Harris. Yeah. You don't talk about Trevor Simeon unless yeah. you're talking specifically about the quarterback position. These are secondary right. players on this team. So if they're the forefront of the team, they get the brunt good and bad no matter how well they play. Yeah. 
They've taken that on. I mean, yeah. that's they, yeah, no, exactly. Um, you mentioned uh, an opportunity to get right. Mm-hmm. Um, Denver's running rushing attack right. um, has not been there at all. Yeah. Um, you wrote about how you wrote about this week about how uh, Devonte Booker probably get a whole bunch more carries this mm-hmm. week. Um, is that uh, is that mean? Does that <laughs> does that mean they're moving away from CJ Anderson, or are they just trying to get the running game right one one way or another? I think they're trying to. I think it's the latter. I think they're trying to get the running game right one way or the other. They know this is the identity of the team. They yeah. want it to be able to run the ball, and it was so confusing because, like you mentioned, the first two games of the season they ran the ball so well, yeah. ran for over 130 yards in both of those games, and then in the last four games they haven't been able to get over 90, yeah. and it's really been you know uh, a complete overhaul, and some of that had to do with the um, flux of the offensive line when Donald Stevenson and Virgil Green both got hurt after that Colts game. They had to put in some new bodies, and that really messed up the communication up front, and now they're trying to get back to that level. So I think a lot of the problems start with up front, but then sooner or later you're going to have to look at the back. Yeah. Um, and you ultimately see Devontae Booker ultimately with lesser carries that's having more success than C.J. Anderson carrying the bulk. So you say, hey, can this rookie uh, hold up if he gets more carries, you don't know yet. You don't know what he's going to be able to do if he gets 15 carries a game because he's only getting seven to eight. So if you can get that same production with 15, that makes your team better, but you've got to go see. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily a lock on, knock on CJ because I think they understand uh, that, that the offensive line issues are hurting him. Uh, but I, I think they know that Booker's skill set is a, a different skill set yeah. than CJ's, and he hits the hole faster. Uh, he he he's he's better uh, as a receiver, mm-hmm. and he really presents the defense with a different speed um, that they really have to attack. So in combination, I believe that's where they really have their best chance to succeed and spark this run game where you hit CJ and then you put in Devontae and get the speed and you really can't get a gauge on where they're going with the run game because I think if they're 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 often too predictable yeah. one with their play calling yeah. and two with how they set up and I think that's really hurt them in a lot of situations speaking of that what um who said who's a better back getting to the outside they need to get to the outside. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Devontae's going to be your back to yeah. outside. I mean, CJ would be the first to tell you he's not going to win a 40-yard dash, yeah. and he's not going to beat you to the edge. Um, his best skill is be able to break tackles in the inside, yeah. um, to see holes when they come up, and then give you the big play when you need it. Um, but he's not going to be your speedster. He's not going to be a break breakaway home run threat, and he's not going to force the defense to keep their contain yeah. and keep the edge. So that's going to be where you utilize Devontae Booker the most. I let me ask you this because after after the Cincinnati game, C.J. Anderson kind of uh, mentioned that he didn't like he was struggling a little bit with technique. Mm-hmm. Um, I've looked at him and and looked at some tape. I don't see him running that. Poorly, yeah. I think he's running fine. I mean, we all know I mean, we clearly, clearly, the issue is the offensive line. We know right. this, but how how much is on him? Have you seen him do anything that's been really all that bad? At no, all? no, I don't. I don't think you can put the run game struggles on CJ. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, that it's tough because he's the running back. Um, he's the yeah. main cog in there. So ultimately, it's like saying you can't put the passing game struggles on the quarterback. Like. Yeah. You know, ultimately, he's the guy with the ball in his hand. Um, but ultimately, I, th- I think with CJ, um, a lot of his problems have come with that he's a better back when there's 
opportunity for him to run, he's not going to sell if you're already in the backfield when he's yeah. getting the ball. Uh, some backs can get out of that, you know, have crazy cuts and, yeah. and make plays happen. But CJ, he's got to at least get a window. He's got to get a crease, and then he'll get you the rest. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't had many creases. Um, so I think, you know, Devontae probably has a better chance if your offensive line doesn't get better. Um, but ultimately, CJ is going to be your guy, and I've – I think in that San Diego game, he had three plays that were called back yeah. by holding calls, and they were his three best plays of the game. Yeah. He had a 12-yard rush, a 15-yard rush, and then a great 20-yard catch and run that was a touchdown right. that ultimately got called back. So I think C.J. would be the first to tell you that ultimately he has to be – he has to make the most of his opportunities. I think there's been some times where he slipped a little bit and, and gained maybe two yards instead of eight yards, yeah. and that, that may be a big difference between a punt and then maybe a field goal later in the drive. So those things um, do affect a team that's really struggling yeah. to get his offense. So, yeah, I think he can be better. But I, I think ultimately that Devontae Booker's increase in this offense is not an indictment of C.J. It's more of a uh, praise of what Devontae has been able to do with the uh, struggling offensive line. Yeah, I would I would be a little bit surprised if it, if Devontae Booker's, uh, you know, increase in carries meant a decrease in – necessarily in C.J. Anderson, or a significant one anyway. Speaking, though, of the run game, um, left tackle Russell Okun was out today. Mm -hmm. uh, he had suffered a concussion against the Chargers, didn't practice today. Um, if he doesn't play, we don't know one way or the other yet, but if he doesn't play, is that Ty Tyson Brylow starting at left tackle? Uh, he was benched last week. <laughs> you you do not want Tyson Brylow starting at left tackle. I'm just going to tell you that, and I do not – I'm not a, a, a psychic, but I would – I would have to believe the Broncos wouldn't go that route. It's his natural um, position. It is I, his natural position. He played there uh, for two and a half games last year before getting hurt in Detroit. I honestly don't think he's a tackle. I think he's probably going to be a better guard if he puts some more weight on and develops some more strength. He just he just gets beat too often. Um, you don't want to give up on a guy because he's a second-round pick and, and maybe his injury has something to do with it and maybe you still give him some time. But Russell Okun would be a huge uh, – uh, absence if he can't yeah. go. Um, he has to clear that concussion protocol. If he can clear it, then I think he should be able to go. He's got two more days to do it. Um, I, would, I would think the Broncos would like to see him at least one day in practice before he's able to play. So they practice on Friday. They practice yeah. on Saturday. If he can clear it by, you know, Friday evening, um, so he maybe has one day to clear it. Yeah. Um, but Bron Kubiak said that he's progressing well, and he seems to be optimistic. If the occasion, if it didn't go that way and he's not cleared, um, I would think they probably would try to either move Donald Stevenson over to left tackle mm -hmm. um, and then maybe slide slides uh, Schofield out and then uh, either you move up to right guard, but then you move three different positions. Yeah. Um, or maybe you try to give Ty another start at right tackle yeah. and just – move uh, Donald Stevenson to left tackle. I think left tackle is a very dangerous position to put somebody that you're not confident in because uh, it's the blind side of the quarterback. Yeah. And we already seen how Trevor Simeon is can, it, taking hits and that shoulder is probably still not fully healed. You don't want a guy like Tyson Braylor who's going to give up that many pressures uh, and your quarterback has no idea what's coming. And he gets blindsided yeah. by, you know, Whitney Mer Merciless or, or uh, Jadavion Clowney right. on the left side, and there goes your quarterback for the year. Yeah. Um, so you got to be very careful with whoever you're putting at that left tackle spot. If you're looking for Clowney in the game yeah. on Monday night, um, just and Tyson Tyson Brylow's in the game. Yeah. Just look <laughs> look wherever Tyson Brylow is. That's where Clowney's going to be because yeah. they're going to they're if he's start wherever if he's starting. Yeah. They're gonna pick on him. Right. I mean, this is this is gonna be clear. Poor Michael Schofield, man. He's gonna be playing punter by the end of the year. They yeah. move him everywhere. Yeah. Um, 
anything other crazy, anything else that might sneak up in this game? I, I really think it's like as as obvious as it seems. It's really yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be straightforward. I think it's going to be about um, one thing that intrigued me when I was looking up a lot of numbers in this game, and I uh, mentioned this a little bit before, but. The Broncos have the number one passing defense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. The Texans have the number two passing defense, um, which surprised me a little bit. But ultimately, it's a mixture of their steady, steady secondary and then also uh, a pretty solid pass rush. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a game where the Broncos have to run the ball. <laughs> yeah. If they can't, if they gain fifty yards rushing, they lose this game. Yeah. Um, and, and that's going to be a very dangerous territory. So it's going to be do or die for that run game. And I think it's going to be about controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They can't. They can't let Lamar Miller get off. Lamar Miller is a, a really solid running back in this league. If he rushes for over 100 yards, and the Broncos don't, it's really going to be tough for the Broncos to win this game. Um, so that's really going to be where they have to win the battles. And then when they get their opportunities, because there will be opportunities for them to make turnovers from Brock, yeah. um, whether it be you know sack fumbles, interceptions, whatever, mm -hmm. they have to make those plays. They can't have drop picks. They can't have uh, you know fumbles they don't pick up. Because Brock will have the ball for you to grab it, and ultimately they got to make those plays. If Brock Osweiler throws 55 times in this game, the Denver defense has a legitimate chance to of outscoring the Denver offense, yeah. li literally. Um, <laughs> but but um, otherwise, man, I pity the poor national football audience because if if Denver's defense isn't scoring, we might see a 14-13 game yeah. <laughs> in this yeah, game. These, these aren't necessarily pretty games. I mean, the AFC West, AFC South is probably the worst division in football, and that's where the Texans are, are winning right now. And, yeah, it's just not a pretty football to watch. I honestly think the Broncos have a good chance to get right, as I've said, this yeah. game. I think everything's lining up for them. I think we can see a really good game out of the running game, and I think the Broncos will get those sacks and those turnovers they've been feasting on, and they get back on the trail 5-2. and two. But, you know, it could go either way. There's a lot of playmakers on the other side, and if the Broncos aren't careful, uh, they could find themselves in a three-game losing streak. Yeah, which would be not good. Yeah. Not good at this point in the season at all. Broncos versus Brock. It's kind of interesting. Uh, it'll be fun. National TV, Monday Night Football. Uh, I haven't heard the theme song. Well, I guess I haven't heard it since Monday. But I haven't heard it with the Broncos since, uh, well, whatever. I guess last night. Who'd they play on Monday night? Do you remember? Uh, I, I think it was a fun game, if I remember. I don't know. It's a, I knew they played Kansas City up in the Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, man, it seems so long ago already, last season. But anyway, uh, for uh, Cameron Wolf, Nick Groke, this is the uh, First in Orange podcast with DenverPost.com. See you next week.